You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody. Steve Politi from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome back to the Fun and Eleven podcast. Not one and eleven, guys. Fun and Eleven. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Keith Sargent, James Cratch, and guys. This week, this weekend, I was thinking about a conversation that I had with someone who was frustrated about the tone of our coverage during the 2016 season, and my message to that person was just suck normal, right? Just <laughs> Just, just be a bad, a normal bad team. And that means don't do 78 nothing. That means don't do things that get you national attention for sucking. And I'm thinking about this now, obviously, because even in a week when this team has a game of 34 seven, a routine loss by score standards, at least that all you have to do is click on that box score and see two for 17 passing for eight yards with five interceptions. I mean, that is not, that is not normal sucking guys. Sarge, I mean, how does that level of offensive ineptitude happen? How did that happen? I think the, the old uh, standard, you know, and you've been in enough press boxes by now, is like whenever you're thumbing through the, like the media guide, to, to, to see like where this loss compares to like you know it's never a good thing and you know that's pretty much I mean, look we didn't have to go that far right I mean a Michigan game in 2016 was right. the last time I mean they threw for five uh, passing yards in that game so it wasn't like I had to dip that far but yeah whenever you're 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 researching it's just not a good thing <clears throat> James what I mean uh, just uh, give me your your analysis here of how the offense got this bad again I thought we had got to the point where we had seen some signs right they they passed they had, had a couple of good plays a couple of good drives against Illinois I mean what happened I think it's a combination of things I think one of the big things and, and John McNulty and Chris Ash kind of hinted at this and, and kind of said this in the press conferences on Monday is that They've been trying to game plan around their weaknesses or what Art does and what these skill players do, I feel, to try to win these games, which is understandable. But I feel like now at one and six, knowing you're going to play Northwestern on Saturday and you're going to play four straight top 25 teams. At this point, it's more important to just like, this is what John McNulty wants the offense to look like. This is what we hired him to run. Let's run it. Let's not keep trying to, you know, take this out or put this in or do this or that or try to just go week by week and try to, you know, because the bottom line is like, and McNulty said this, you've got to establish a base and be like, this is what we do. 
as an offense. Right. Well, yeah, and that hasn't happened in three years. I mean, that's, it's almost amazing. And I think yeah, that yeah. if you're going to criticize one, if you're going to take focus on one thing, well, maybe, all right, maybe this is one A with recruiting, but certainly one thing Chris Ash hasn't done. He hasn't been able to. He came here with some, you know, very vague statements about having a fun offense that's going to score a lot of points. He has not developed an offensive identity. In fact, it's changed three times. I mean, you hire 28-year-old Drew Manager, you're running the spread, then you're bringing in 60-year-old Jerry Kill, and who knows what that was. And now you're, okay, we're back here to the multiple pro style with, with an old familiar face. But it's still, you watch it and you're like, I don't know what the philosophy is. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do half the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I – I was on the beat last year, but it seems like, you know, Jerry Kill, you know, people – I think one of the things that, you know, a lot of fans are kind of getting at me, he's like, well, you know, Jerry Kill managed to take the, the talent he had or the lack thereof he had and put it in position to succeed. But it was like he had this really good defense or good enough defense that he could sort of play off of, you know? I think it's one of the issues. I mean, look – Look at Saturday's game against Maryland. Rutgers' first two offensive drives are like in the shadow of their own end zone. And then the defense gives up the long touchdown run, the screw up on the kick return. All of a sudden now it's 10 nothing, and like you're already out of your game plan. You're down 10 points, and this team can barely score 10 points a game. So, you know, you're changing things already. You know, I mean, you have drops, you have penalties, you have this, and it just seems like it piles on. And McNulty says this, and at some point, Art, who's he's young, just decides, I'm going to try to play hero ball and make a play. You know, I thought it was McNulty, so it was interesting. It's like, it's almost like a lot of times he sees two kind of forms of art. There's the art who I guess we saw against, you know, Illinois with a nine for nine, where he's just catching the ball, throwing the ball. Quick, who's open? Check down, check down, check down. And McNulty said he wants art to cut. All right, look at the field before you throw check down. And then there's the art who just basically looks downfield and says, I'm going deep. I'm trying to make a big play. And maybe he doesn't see what else is there. And I think that's tough because I, I just think he, the quarterback takes so much blame. And I think he's tr- maybe trying to do too much in points. And the, the, the margin for error for this offense is so small that I think the if they just go and run their base offense for the next five games and not really worry about, oh, we think we have this. You don't have this advantage. I don't care what you see on the film. These five teams are better than you. They're going to beat you by multiple scores probably each week. Just try to look forward to 2019. Do you agree with that? I, I, I will say this. Yeah, I'll say this because here's the thing. Those are all great points. And today in the press conference, Chris Ash talked about it. he's going to be taking more, more ownership over the defense. He's going to be play calling the defense and he's going to – you know, essentially be what we've thought all along is the defensive coordinator, even though Jay Neiman is the defensive coordinator in name, uh, Chris Ash is going to be taking over the defense. That was the biggest takeaway from the press conference today. That being said, he's a head coach. And for three years, to, he's pretty much treated the offense as like, well, he's almost like been like Rex Ryan. You, you covered Rex Ryan. He had the reputation yep. of it. Mm-hmm. Chris, uh, Greg Ciano too, also had a reputation. I get it that they're defensive guys, but you know, Chris Ash, it's like when I, I'm at the office in Woodbridge, at the NGM office, and I walk in on like the, the, the supervisor's meeting, you know, I open up the, uh, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness, like I, my, my face turns white. That, you know, that's how Chris Ash is when he walks into like the, uh, a meeting with, with uh, Les Herb and, and John McNulty. He wants nothing to do with the offense. He's the head coach. And yeah. at the end of the yeah. day, when you look at the offense that's ranked 129th in the country, we're going to blame, you know, three offensive coordinators and it's been a year. We're going to blame all that. But Chris Ash is the head coach. 
So yep. it's his offense. You know, it's his, you know, at this point, we can fairly say that he does not have any idea how to coach offense. Yeah. And he built this, and this is becoming an important question, too. He, I, I think, in fact, I know that he, he selected John McNulty in part because Art Sikowski wanted to run a pro-style offense and to get the big recruit, to get the big quarterback. This is part of the reason why they went to this direction. My question now, and I know this is, he's a true freshman. I know he's 18. I know we were to expect some growing pains, but is it fair to ask? Is, is Art Sikowski the guy? I mean, we're seeing, we, I saw some things against Maryland that, that give you a pause. I mean, he's still doing the same drop back and <clears throat> stare at the guy. He's throw. he's only making bad throws. I mean, it seems like everything he's doing, uh, and that game, certainly at least, but he's not taking the step forward that we expected to see. I'll take it because I, I think it's fair to ask on December 1st or like whenever the season ends, because then you have a full body of work and then you could say, well, a new recruit's coming. A couple of new recruits are coming. You have uh, Jalen Chapman who, who registered this year. Um, and then you can say, well, who, what's the future uh, you know, of, of, of the program? Fair to ask then. Right now, and I, I asked Chris asked this as, as, as well. I don't think he really answered it to the full of what I wanted, but it's so hard to, to uh, between the offensive line issues, between you know the 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 lack of a running game that that also uh, is pinpointed to to the offensive line, and then the third and maybe the biggest issue, the wide receivers. They don't have any playmakers. I mean, uh, someone actually tweeted at me after the game, and I, I forget who it was. So I, I feel bad about not giving proper credit to, but. They haven't gotten a 50-50 ball this year. I don't yeah. remember a 50-50 yeah. ball. There was a pass, you know, in the first uh, quarter against Maryland that that uh, Sikowski threw, and I think Bo Melton might have jumped a little bit too soon. And I know it was double coverage, so technically not the. the but basically, that's a 50-50 ball. You know, you you know, you have an opportunity to come down down with that ball, and he didn't. And they yeah. haven't really had any of. The, they haven't won any 50-50 ball. Sometimes it, you 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 can coach them all up, and you can. You know, pin a, pin a lot of it on the quarterback, but it's he probably deserves. If you're being truly fair, he probably deserves about a third of the blame, and then the other two thirds go falls on the offensive line and the lack of playmakers. All right. So today, Ash had this press conference, uh, you know, and oh, trying to parse through. What, I'm sorry, James. What I just want want to add one thing about Sikowski. Like, here's the thing. He has to be. If he isn't the guy, then then Chris Ash is not going anywhere as the Rutgers head coach. I don't know if it's at the end of this right. season. Oh, absolutely, or that's why like, it's a big concern. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think like at this point, like you have to stick with him. But here's the thing, guys: like Gio Rossino's got five games left in his career, and I think he's proven that he he's not the guy. Like they, it, it's at, it's clear that they think that Art is a better option to win because they've had too many opportunities to just say, okay, we're going with Gio, and they haven't. And I know fans keep on screaming about Jonathan Lewis. Look, I would be stunned if the guy ever takes a snap at quarterback again. I think he's, his future is a tight end. I think the coaching staff wants him to be a tight end. I think the kid wants to be a tight end. I think he could be a damn good tight end if as he learns the position. So get off of that. Like, Art's going to have to play the rest of the season, five games. You're going to try to lay a base. And, yeah, maybe you get to the – if you really feel that strongly that he might not be the guy – then you start talking with the recruits. You start talking about trying to get a grad transfer to push him. But the thing is, like, it's this is it. Like, 
I understand why Ashton McNulty is sticking with him because he's it. Like if, if this doesn't work out, and I tend to think it will work out, I think he's going to grow up and he's going to be a much better quarterback as a sophomore and beyond. Uh, then th- that's the end of the road. Like th- you, you're not going to get to have a, a, another quarterback and a fourth offensive coordinator. I, I like this is it. The end of the road, a Rutgers podcast. All right. So today, <laughs> uh, Chris Ash, uh, at his press conference, uh, a lot of interesting things that you mentioned that, that are coming up here with, 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 with what's going on. Uh, the one thing that jumped out to me, and he said this before. And so I, I made fun of it on Twitter, but it, you know, it, it's a couple of times now he's used this line in a press conference that I think is just crazy. Like I don't have necessarily an answer for some of the things that continue to happen to us is, is as a direct quote from this press conference. I mean, is that the right thing for the for the guy to be saying at this point, whether it's true or not? I mean, it's probably honest, right? I mean, I, I get that's not what people, but it's kind of what we've expected with, with Chris Ash. I mean, he's honest. I mean, I I think you know, <laughs> there's he's had two full recruiting classes, right? And then he you know he's inherited a lot of you know of, of his own players. I think he's looking at it now. And he, that, that, that's the dilemma, right? I mean, he can't really say that it's a talent issue because part of it is on him. And part of it is you don't want to lose your locker room, right? So he can't just stand at the podium and say, well, you know, we don't have Big Ten level talent, right? So if you don't do that, if, if you can't say that, then what, do you, what else do you say? I think, you know, his, him saying we don't have a whole lot of answers is equivalent to we just don't have the talent to compete with Maryland or even Buffalo at this point. James, you agree? I think so. I thought – Chris Ash was very free in his press conference today. Free, I huh? Just, I, I just think what does that mean? He, he just sends to me to be a guy who just is like a guy who's got five years and ten million dollars on his contract. I would be pretty free too. All right, go like, on. I'm no, sorry. Like, it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> you know, like whatever's going to happen, happen. I mean, I think at this point, it's like he's going to coach the team. You know, I mean, right. It's it, it, it hard after the game. Say, so, you know, the sun comes out tomorrow. You know, after he threw four picks. I mean, he's right. Like, you know, like whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Like, this is the team they have. They're go. They're one and six. They're probably going to be one and eleven. They're probably going to get blown out. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, as I say, like, you know, it is what it is. Like, whatever happens, happens. Like, Chris <laughs> is just going to coach the team and, and and is go about his his job. I thought that. And look, I, I, look, I think all. I think he's going to be back next year as we'll discuss with the defensive thing, I think a lot of his assistants are probably not going to be back. But I think it's just, it seems to be the guy who's just like, look, it is what it is. So I'm just going to go do what I think is right and be the head coach. And however it shakes out, it shakes out. All right. Well, that's a nice transition into the true or false because you know what's coming? Our weekly true or false question. And now I have to say I've tweaked it this week. And you will notice the tweak uh, with the first item. True or false, when... Rutgers goes one and eleven. Not if. When Rutgers goes one and eleven, Chris Ash is getting fired. True or false? Cratch. False. False. Sarge. False. Still both on false. Has your meter has your meter moved closer to true? <laughs> my meter, I'll be honest. Like my meter usually goes up on like Saturdays, and then it like kind of peters back down by like Monday. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, that's probably good analysis. Yeah, All right, I, true I, or false? I, I'm, Go ahead. I, I'd echo that. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's gone any any higher. It doesn't really matter at this point. We're not going to be the ones making the ultimate call. It's going to be one person. But um, I, I, I still think it's a very remote chance. True or false? Then the performance of this team. The rest of the way does not matter. 
to whether he's back or not. True or false? False. Okay. Sarge? Um, I'll say false. So you it's think that... a great that question. It's a great question. If there is a 65 nothing in there, and there could be a 65 nothing in there, if there are, if there's another game like this where you throw for five interceptions with eight, I mean, can something happen because they're playing four of the, four of the best teams of the Big Ten in a row, as you know. Can something happen in that game to change this? In those I, will say, I will say this. It's mid-October, and I say it's very remote. And I think that how they play in November could, could, could change the odds, increase the odds somewhat. I think that the two home games in November are the ones to watch. Uh, Wisconsin, the, their style of play, they're not going to score 65 points on Rutgers or anyone for that matter. And, you know, if Rutgers goes out to Michigan State and loses 65 nothing, I mean, how many people are paying attention at that point after right. Thanksgiving? But it's the Penn State, Michigan. It's, yeah. And I think it's Penn State more than Michigan. They're mm-hmm. going to need to come go into the offseason with some sort of hope, and whether that's Art Sikowski pulling a uh, Eli Manning, like, you know, 350 yards against Philadelphia Eagles, like, like Cratch covered last year. Or, you know, I'll, I'll put a lot of good that did for the Giants, by the way. <laughs> no, and I'll put it more in Rutgers terms. Like in 1999, I think, or 98, they, they, Rutgers beat Syracuse at the end of a dismal season. And, you know, something like that, you know, where, where they, they beat Michigan State or, or they, you know, hang, play competitive. You, I think they're going to need to have some sort of, of you know, give the, give the people who are making the ultimate decision some sort of confidence that there's a silver lining, you know, at, at the end of the year. I mean, all right, but to follow up on that, we, we both know that's unlikely to happen. I mean, we've seen this team now. It's not going to all of a sudden in, in week 12, the light bulb's going to go no. out. It's going to be a fourth quarter game against Michigan State, right? You, you, you and I might have that perception, but you know, the people who are making that, uh, that, that decision, they, they look at it differently. They could look at, you know, well, he's keeping recruits or, you know, they're not getting a ton of players transferring or look, they, uh, you know, they play competitive with Michigan State. I get that. Our perception isn't always the same as the people who make the the, the, the call. And yeah, you know, I've been covering records for a long time, so I think I have a pretty good handle on the people who will make the the decision. I I think that you know there's two different perceptions: the fan base, you know, and, and which is pr- probably pretty similar to ours, and the people who make the call who who get paid a lot of money to actually look at like silver linings and you know and and weigh you know that versus paying out ten million. I will say this. I don't, I don't, Steve reference it. I don't think I really have ever like talked about like my time on the Giants beat really much on this, but like I felt last year, uh, Giants ownership was desperately looking for Ben McAdoo to give them a reason to keep him. And not only did he not give them a reason to keep him, he gave them a reason to fire him with four games to go when he botched the Eli Manning benching. I think it's the same sort of situation here. The powers of be at Rutgers don't want to fire Chris Ash. And I think that they want, and, and they would love for him to give them a, a reason, you know, like Sarge said, you know, keep recruits, you know, play tough, maybe pulls an upset somewhere we don't expect. But at the same time, I think it might be good enough for him to just not give them any reasons to move on him. That might be good enough given the finances and the situation and everything to kind of move forward into year four. Right. Well, I guess, again, playing the other side of it, though, it is what we think it's going to be, which is five 20-point losses and three more decommits. I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see where we're at with that question. Uh, again, uh, uh, again to, uh, to close it up, it's, October, it's mid-October right now. Um, 
I, the thing, the odds can, could, could increase based on that scenario for sure. Right. All right. True or false. Jane Neiman should not sign a long-term lease. <laughs> true. I mean, I, I hate to say nice man, but today's one, news is nuts. One of the things I, I hate about this, and I know it's a necessary evil is speculating on people's future, but I would not be uh, putting a down payment on that, you know, on, on that, that second home down in, wow. down in uh, South Jersey. His contract is up after the year. I it is up after the year. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Uh, He's cool. a very nice man, and it's not, we should not be taking any, you know. Right. No. And look, I, I think my question for Ash, and he didn't really answer, is like, why now, Chris? Like, why did you decide that it was almost like, hey, the house is burned down, but here we are. Let's save the foundation. <laughs> you know, it was like. <laughs> yeah. You didn't think you should take get involved in the defense after Kansas or Buffalo? Like. Like why? And I, look, I give Ash credit for like even saying it because it's like, hey, I, I had a bigger role in the offense and we lost thirty-four to seven. It was like, oh, uh, that really made a massive difference. It looks like, but that's why they're saying like, why? Why did it take six games for him to think that he should take on this added responsibility when I think Kansas with the run defense and Buffalo with the pass defense, you had ample evidence that there was a problem. True or false, Isaiah Pacheco needs to get 20 to 25 carries in the running game this week. True. Kratz, true. Sarge, true. That seems obvious after last week. True or false, Rutgers actually has good offensive linemen in the program. They're just really young. Hmm. <laughs> because I tell you, if they are, they're hiding no. them really well. Yeah. That's all uh, I can we, say. We, we've talked about a couple of the true freshmen who have played some games and I think are, are might, might be better served to play, you know, one of the tackle positions. So it's, it's here, here's what I kind I know it was, I'm getting way too long on this, but Cherry DiNardo comes in, you know, during the summer for, for, for uh, camp. And his big takeaway was look how many, look at the depth on the offensive line. They, the, the offensive line is like one of the few positions where they have a ton of depth. They don't have a whole lot of depth at wide receiver. They don't have it in the secondary. They don't have a linebacker. They have a lot of depth at offensive line. So are there guys waiting in the wings? I, I get that it takes two, three years to develop. But, um, you know, the way the offensive line play, uh, play is, you know, it's, it's awful. So I'm going to say false because, if you know, I would think that A.J. Blazic and Chris Ash are smart enough that if there's someone better that they would play him. But, um, you would think. yeah, I'll say false. Okay. I'll say I'll say false. I mean, look, I think Raquan O'Neal, he's been banged up. He's at four games. I assume they're redshirting him. Reggie Sutton is a guy who was getting some first-team looks at a true freshman. And he kind of had some illness. So I think he kind of got knocked off schedule in practice. You know, I, I think they have those guys. I think Jonah Jackson is a good is a good right guard. I think Mike Maietti, I mean, he, he's a guy who probably could get beaten out if a better player comes along. But I think he's been relatively solid, you know, for – all things considered, Rutgers at center. You know, they've got Crimin and Vretman who have kind of been up and down. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the offensive line could improve next year with the guys that are here. And you would hope, you know, a, a recruiting class, out of the kid from St. John Vianney who's committed at the moment, um, Hanson, I believe, CJ Hanson. So I'm going to say false, but I, at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe the, they have some pieces already here that they can work with. True or false? Homecoming attendance, 15,000. Um, actual? True. Yeah, I'll say true. Okay. It's homecoming. Well, homecoming. we're not going to know because they're going to announce like 52, right. I think. 
So, <laughs> no, I, I will say that I will say this again. You're, the, the whole point of this is not to, to uh, expand on it on, on all of them, but I will say this: someone who's been at Rutgers for a long, long time told me it was fourteen thousand, you know, at, at, at the most recent home game, and they announced thirty-four thousand, which is a joke. And the other thing is, a long-time person said, "Listen, at this point, it's just laughable that they announced it. You know, it's not you know a, a complete Rutgers thing. Just own the fact that." Your fans Say aren't showing up. Yeah, or, or do something. But to, to announce Say 34 when there's 14,000 and you do this blackout, I know we talked about this last week, but just just right. announce how many people yeah. actually came in. All right. True or false? Northwestern, more than any Big Ten program, is what Rutgers should aspire to be. You agree with that? False. False? Sarge, it's both Northwestern and Michigan State. Michigan those two. State. Michigan State okay. is, the, is the program that you know Rutgers really. But for now, probably it's Northwestern. I I, I say true. They're finally, true or false? James Franklin could coach to save his life if he were drowning in a puddle and he needed to call a play to save his life. He could actually do it. True or false? <laughs> could he save his life by coaching? <laughs> Ah oh, man, False. the easy one would be to say you can't, can't coach. I mean, come on, you can't lose that game. That's, yeah, tough. that's, just, that's, tough. Uh, that's not. Uh, he's lost a lot of close games. He, he has, has lost a lot he of, the a teams. Ton of credit. He has the most talent in the league. By yeah, and then look a at this ton of credit <laughs> for turning this program that program around for what he inherited. Ton of credit, but yes. they do lose a lot of close games. It might they be do. the 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 old uh, you know Graciano you know line with, where. You love them from Sunday to Friday, and then those three hours on, on game day. I'm not trying to, to, to you know, Grace Anna might be the next coach. I might be dealing with him in three months, but, oh, um, you know. I he's listening to the podcast. Don't worry. Oh, you know, he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> he's not listening to the podcast. <laughs> he is taking Greg, a break. Greg, if you're listening, please call me. I have one question. <laughs> You've got my digits, pal, all right? Give me a ring if you're listening. Uh, all right, what can we do? Can we do the Northwestern preview? And I have to say, Northwestern ha has this has been the first time we've had it played them. Rutgers has played them in the Big Ten. I know it's, a great it's, fight, a great fight song, not a good fight song, <laughs> a great fight song. Break right through that line, right? We don't have that's, I mean, we, that's we don't, not Wisconsin. That's not on Wisconsin. Ooh, you Northwestern. We don't have to oh, race man, that. Man. I mean, you, 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 you don't. Yeah, right, I mean, no, yeah. on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, plunge right through that line. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, that's 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 a different song, though. That's not going to the way. That's the next two weeks. Two weeks. Well, I'll play that in two weeks. Um, Crash, what can you tell us about Northwestern? <laughs> uh, they kind of up and down. I mean, they, they lost to Akron. They started one, you know, they, I believe they started one and two, but they've been frisky the past few weeks. Played frisky, Michigan well, okay. very tough at home. Upset Michigan State, then they rally from 10 points down against Nebraska, win in overtime. Clayton Thorson, I think, is a potential first-round NFL draft pick at quarterback. I think mm -hmm. Pat Fitzgerald is obviously one of the best coaches in the league. They've got some yep. skill players. Uh, this is a, a, a kind of a topsy-turvy team, but I think in a, in a prior life, we thought maybe, hey, like this could be a game of Rutgers. Maybe this is Chris Ash's chance to get a signature win, like beat a team in the top half of the Big Ten. Uh, I, I don't see that happening now. Right. They've, they've won 10 of 11 Big Ten games, which is really impressive. I mean, I Very have no impressive. idea. That, that is, I mean, so this is not this is not your father's Northwestern anymore. I mean, this is a team that 
three three touchdown three touchdown favorites again for Rutgers for a reason. Can can they win? Is there any hope of this being a close game, Sarge? What do you think? Uh, I, I picked them way too many weeks, and maybe the only way I catch you in the uh, in the NJ.com uh, picks uh, standings is to pick Rutgers, but. Can they beat them? No. Yeah. I, 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 the, the, here's the thing. It, Northwestern is going to dominate, you know, bo- on both sides of the line and uh, they do have a quarterback. But, you know, I guess the one area that, you know, has really, uh, beaten Rutgers the last couple of weeks is, is opposing running games. And, you know, their running game isn't nearly what it was the last couple of years, but there's going to be one of those methodical, they might feel good about themselves in that, you know, it's not like Maryland with all the big plays, but, there, I, I don't think Northwest. I think Northwestern is going to control this game from start to finish. Right, and you say, the, the, yeah, the running game's beaten Rutgers the last few weeks. Teams haven't had to pass, and I think that if you looked at, if you really watched that game closely, Maryland had a lot of open guys and they a did. lot of a lot of opportunities to make plays in the passing game and just couldn't. I think this, obviously, from what I've seen from Northwestern's uh, aerial attack, they're going to have a field day. Crash, you agree? I would think so, and I think look. Matt Canada joins Lance Leopold as guys who have called off the dogs in the second half against the Scarlet Knights. I tend to think Pat Fitzgerald might be one of those guys as well. So, you know, I, I think big first half for Northwestern, build a lead, and they kind of coast from there. You want to make a pick? We didn't do picks last week. We've kind of gotten away from doing picks for obvious reasons. Well, before, before we do the picks, I, I do want to say, because no one's listening at this point. I think we're like 30 minutes in. I, we have to give a shout out to the field hockey team, which is 11 and four, most wins they've ever had under under Coach Civico. You know they're coming off three straight wins, two in Big Ten play, beat Northwestern number 15, uh, and, and women's soccer. I mean they're first place in the Big Ten, nine two and five. You know we we <laughs> I, I, especially me, I spend you know a lot of time you know writing about the Olympic sports and you know just how how you know bad the record is. We, I'd be remiss if I didn't I, if I didn't say that you know they they have two the future is bright for both field hockey and, and women's soccer. No, I, I definitely agree. Uh, they've both had great seasons, um, and I think look, the Rutgers has got two shots now the first Big Ten title in school history. I think uh, women's soccer probably is a little bit more likely than field hockey. I think the field hockey teams maybe a year or two away from really getting to that upper echelon of conference, but. Football it dominates it, and that's obviously a very depressing subject for people at Rutgers. But uh, they, they're going to have two cracks at the bat in, in, a, in a week or so uh, when they get to conference tournament time at, at a title. I think I think Pal- I think Politi just dozed off here, so I will give my pick. I will say Northwestern twenty-seven, Rutgers seventeen. So again, a ten-point game. Twenty-seven, seventeen. Oh, oh my God! When will you learn? It's like oh, every week you are just okay. I will pick Northwestern 38, Rutgers 5. I think the wow. Northwestern punter runs out the back of the end zone to run out the clock on the last play of the game. Yeah, I got some like I think they're actually like, offense will not be as bad as it was last week as if that's possible. So I'm going to go 41-14. And you're talking about uh, talking about the Olympic sports, I see that the men's soccer team defeated Northwestern 2 to 1 one week after losing to Howard, which I imagine uh is well, not what uh, you well, call they, a good they're loss. They're 3 and 9 and 1 in soccer. They're three nine and one, and then two and four in Big Ten play. So I mean, you know, it's just a weird. They they have two of the worst losses that you can ever ma- imagine. Elon eight to one at home, and 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 to and and to Drexel and, and to Howard. Howard over to Howard. Howard had three really bad, horrific yeah. losses, but they do have two Big Ten wins. So I mean, there is you know something to be said about that. 
So did you guys come back with any good stories from College Park? Did you did you assault any stadium employees? Did you? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like the worst Big Ten trip. So of course it, I. It, it, you know, it is. Had a I will say this: we don't do it anymore. But like the the segment of you know mean tweets, I got a ton of them for tweeting out with like five minutes before the game. You know, with the the crowd, we spent all this time harping on Rutgers, you know, attendance and and like the late arriving crowd. And I I sent a tweet, and it, it was bad. And then I sent another one with like 15 minutes into the game and, you know, it, it was equally bad. And then I got just flooded with the, with, you know, people who were in the stands taking photos of like, like a, of a section with like maybe, you know, th that was uh, full, but they left out like all the, the barren, the, the empty, the sections with tumbleweed going through it. So I had a ton of those types of mean tweets. Um, and I guess it comes with the territory, but, um, yeah, I mean that that was probably the, the the thing that you know I I that that carried with me most from the trip. Cratch, you like? Did you like it? I did. I I thought it was a, a very pretty campus. Sort of reminded me like an <laughs> SEC school. A lot of brick, a lot of green. But the stadium w was a nice stadium, you know, for you know Maryland. I mean, this is not like a powerhouse football program. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, train ride down, invented a rivalry trophy that'll never happen. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. The one, the one thing I will say, and we we've talked about this before, but like the facility that that, that it seems like you know, I guess they moved into, but they're still working on that in indoor facility. It's spectacular. Yeah. I mean, you you see the Under Armour money, you know, one hundred sixty million, whatever it was that cost. But that's the thing that Rutgers really should be you know most concerned about. Not only do they get the, you know the doors blown off, you know, against Maryland, but you know what they're building on uh, down there because. You know, let's face it. You know, they're they're not competing with Penn State. They're not competing with Michigan recruiting wise. Maryland's their biggest you know threat, and that facility is spectacular. Well, my biggest, biggest facility takeaway was the baseball stadium. I mean, Rutgers <laughs> baseball goes head to head with a lot of with Maryland for a lot of recruits, and their baseball stadium is just really nice. I mean, just it, what, not so much a stadium, but just an on campus field. And I, I looked at that, and then you obviously look at you know, or, you know, Bainton Field. It's like wow. I mean, <laughs> I know it's it's well down a list of priorities, but the Rutgers has probably got to do something at some point. Uh, Politi just All goes. Right. Politi just goes off. I, yeah, once again, <laughs> we, we, put, we put him on mute, and then we put him to sleep. So. All, right. All right. So now I know for sure if, if Greg Shano has gotten this far into the podcast, he, <laughs> we can just talk to him. We can just talk to him directly, Greg. We were talking about women's soccer just to get everyone else to disconnect. Now, here's the personal message to you, Greg. Call me. All right. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> if you got this far, come say hello to me in the, in the parking lot at the Northwestern game. I'd love to see you. Steve Politi, signing off. Keith Cratch, thanks for listening.